Hi, this is Kipley Brown. Lieutenant Barbara Smith on Star Trek continues. Course plotted for the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. Greetings, friends. Welcome to Trek Geeks, your independent Star Trek podcast. We're so happy you're here. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. We have yet another week of fan-favorite discussion for you, and we can't wait to bring it to you. And by we, of course, I do have a co-host. He he tasks me. He tasks me, and, and I shall have him. Unfortunately, I'm going to have him on this podcast right now. He's the very resourceful Dan Davidson. Dan, how are you? Hi. <laughs> I'm resourceful, which is like, oh my God, that you complimented me and I can't even believe it. So thank you. Thank you very you much. You threw me for a loop uh, too because I, I stumbled on my words and I haven't had enough. I know. I kind of thought you passed out there for a second. <laughs> I, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate it. It's always great to be here. Love doing this every single week with you, Bill. And and for all our listeners out there, we love having you uh, tuning in every week. Episode 113. That's pretty cool. M113, some oh, might say. I like what you did there. Oh, you're welcome. Very, very nice. Thank you. Thank Dan, we have a, a fan favorite episode this week, one that we always love to do. And we have a special guest later on to help us do it. Yeah, we love See It or Skip It, don't we, Bill? With See It or Skip It, TNG 30 still going on. So we're going to tackle Season 5 tonight. And uh, we're very, very excited to welcome an old friend of yours to the podcast, Mr. Dan Kreger, later on. Uh, he's going to uh, moderate slash referee, if you will, our battle as we duke it out and see what's good and what's not so good for TNG Season 5. It'll be so great to have Dan here. He from... Uh from Down Under. He got me into podcasting some time ago. He's the creator of the Inside Podcast Network, which does primarily technical podcasts based on Microsoft Stack and um, just some some great stuff there. But he loves the See It or Skip It episode, so we said, hey, why don't you come join us? And he'll be doing that in just a bit. Dan, people may want to join us by sending us their feedback, their comments, their suggestions, there are perhaps wonderful introductions for you. How might they get that to us? Well, there's a whole bunch of ways on Twitter, Facebook, Skype, and Instagram. You can find us at Trek Geeks. And you can also send us an email at podcast at trekgeeks.com. But if you want to give us a call and leave us a voicemail, you certainly can do so by calling 508-784-1701. You can also do the same thing at speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks. 
And as always, please come on over to our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. It's always a good time. Lots of awesome, awesome people over there. We love the discussion. We love the pictures. We love the STLV talk. Anything you can think of, we're talking about over there if it's Star Trek related. So just go right on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. Heather, Jackie, Dan, Bill, or myself will actually let you write in so you can take part in that fun over at Camp Kittimer. But you got to remember, here we go again. Please remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode, Bill. Wow, I'm scared all of a sudden. Horror movie, yeah. I was was almost, uh, I expected you to go next time on an all new Star Trek. (laughs) The next generation. I will have to work on my LaFontaine because that's pretty awesome. He's the legend. Yeah, even if you nail Ernie Anderson, the guy who did, which you do pretty well, the uh, the guy who did the the TNG promos. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Mission- Dan, you know, we have people wanting to subscribe to the podcast all the time. We want to tell people, if you're new to the podcast, we've made it so insanely easy for you to subscribe. It's not funny. You can get every episode of Trek Geeks automatically downloaded straight to your mobile device. Head on over to subscribe.trekgeeks.com and find out how you can get this very podcast Every single Tuesday on your iPod, iPhone, Android, or other favorite device. Plus, Dan, I don't know if you know this, but did you know you can also hear Trek Geeks on iHeartRadio? What? Really? Yeah, Stitcher. Yep, Stitcher. Get out. And even you can listen to the podcast directly on trekgeeks.com. It's your independent Star Trek podcast, Dan, delivered your way. So make it so, my man. I will do so because, you know, as you say, I don't listen to the podcast, so I might as well start somewhere, right? I've only got 47 different methods for you to listen to it. You think you would have heard it at some point, right? It's time for the news from TrekNews.net. Batting the Alpha Quadrant. All the news on all the Star Trek. It's TrekNews.net. Online at TrekNews.net. Dan, up first. You know, uh, a little while ago, you were admiring a photo I took here in my home office. Abby is behind me on her bed chewing her bully stick. And you said, oh, look, Luke Crate. Uh-huh. And I. And earlier this week, we got to say, oh, look, Luke Crate. Why don't you tell us about it? We are very, very excited. You know, I've never had a Luke Crate before. Can you believe that? But uh, I, I can't be. I had it before Kelly got me a subscription as a, as a surprise. Oh. So I believe me, I understand. Very cool. Well, it's very popular. We see that a lot, but uh, for Star Trek fans, it's finally going to happen. Loot Crate and Quantum Mechanics Incorporated, better known as QMX, have announced that there will be a Star Trek Mission Crate launching just in time for the 2017 holiday season. I've already told Sue about this, so I know what I'm expecting. Um, It's going to be an officially licensed crate. It's going to have Star Trek figures, ships, wearables, prop replicas, which is pretty cool. It's going to ship bi-monthly. It's going to be priced at $39.99 plus shipping and handling. And oh my, I am excited. Loot Crate, Star Trek, perfect combination. 
Plus, if you pay for a year in advance, which comes to like almost 300 bucks, you get a special metal replica of the 1701A, which I think looks fantastic. Wow. Um, I, I can't afford that. I don't know. <laughs> so if I'm going to be paying. But that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a shame they didn't, you know, like uh, m- maybe allow you some installments. That would have been pretty good. It would have been very cool. But you are also going to save some money if you subscribe. You'll have access to 20% off your first three months of CBS All Access. And I understand that there's going to be a pretty freaking awesome show starting over there uh, in less than a month. There is? Yeah. That's what I heard. Well, to that end, Dan, it looks like we also uh, have some discovery news as I skip around and look at the wrong spot on the outline. That's okay. It was a good segue. <laughs> we'll get back to the other one in a minute. <laughs> yeah. So why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us about what Rain Wilson is going to do at the premiere of Star Trek Discovery? Yeah, this is kind of cool stuff. Rain Wilson, of course, we know he will be playing Harry Mudd uh, in Star Trek Discovery. And you can actually win a chance to be at the Discovery premiere, an after party with Mr. Mudd himself. Uh, it's a very simple process. All you need to do is uh, is make a small donation um, for his uh, Lide Haiti um, fundraising uh, gig that he's had going on for quite some time. $10 is a, the donation. Um, and you may be chose, chosen to win uh, round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, and access to that very special Star Trek Discovery premiere and party. It's kind of cool. Uh, Lide is an educational initiative that utilizes art and literacy, which builds resilience and empowers at-risk adolescent girls in Haiti to help them make the transition into academic or vocational education. So, very good cause, um, and I'm guessing that it's probably going to be a uh, star-studded event out there in L.A. I would guess so, too. You figure it's it's the big premiere. And, you know, Lydia Haiti is actually a, a an organization that Rain Wilson helped found, so I think that's that's pretty special, too. You know, uh, I hear you can donate, you know, as little as five or ten bucks and still be entered in to the, I guess, a raffle, we'll call it. The Mm -hmm. more you donate, the more chances you get, of course, so that's not too bad. Um, But uh, what a great cause and what a great opportunity to maybe see this before any other Trek fans. I think that's amazing. I think it's very cool. I wish I could uh, have the time if I were to be chosen, but it just is not to be for me. So somebody else will win in my place, I'm sure. Maybe it'll be me. Uh, Dan, we also have not one, but two new trailers this week. They're of the shorter kind, but man, are they good. They, oh God, I, I said it before. It seems to be a broken record. Every week, they're putting out new stuff. They're just teasing us. But this is top quality trailer things. Uh, with less than a month before the premiere, uh, they're pu- CBS is pulling out all the stops to get us ready for this, and it's really great. This week, a trailer emerged, and it's just close-ups of Starfleet uniforms and technology, but I gotta say, the voiceover by Sonequa Martin-Green is is just awesome, and I'm actually gonna, gonna quote her, because it's such a great, uh, great line. She says, We come from a tradition of tolerance, freedom, and justice. Our legacy of fearless exploration of allies who respect each other's differences, honor, and civilizations. We come on a mission to understand our world and ourselves better. We come in peace. That is awesome. Awesome stuff. That's just pure Star Trek right there. I don't know how anybody hears that and and doesn't think it is, because that, that really sums up the philosophy in a nutshell. 
It is great. And uh, you know what, man? I know that you're excited about the other trailer, so you go right ahead and tell everybody about it. It is pretty badass. It really is. So it focuses on the Klingons, and it's got Takufma, played by Chris Obie, um, talking about you know how people are trying to break their race down. And I'm paraphrasing now. They talk about atom by atom. And they talk about trying to remain Klingon, which has sparked some debate. You know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, should we read into these words? Does that actually give us a, you know, a key to the plot? Because that's very possible. Um, but did, did you see it? And what did you think? I saw it. I thought it was another brilliant trailer. Um, the close-up, the, the the way that they've done these these trailers with the just the quick splashes of what you're seeing on screen for like a second, showing his uniform while he's doing this voiceover, and he's got a very ominous voice, I have to say, also. Um, and then holding his weapons, um, it looked like he had the batleth in one hand, um, and of course that phrase that they're trying to take us you know, cell by cell and atom by atom, but we must remain Klingon was. Just awesome! It, it it I can't wait. It it is you know I got a vacation coming up in a couple weeks or in a week, and I'm like, okay, what am I more excited about right now? Because Discovery is just going to be amazing. Period. It absolutely is. Um, yeah, just reading the text. I'm 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 on uh, I'm on the internet now, and it's like they are coming atom by atom. They will silence us. Cell by cell, our souls will become theirs. We must fight for one thing above all to remain Klingon beautiful that's really kind of foreboding I I'm I can't wait we got less than a month and I want more and more and more now well you will have to wait son but it will be worth the wait son sorry little admiral jumping in here sorry not your son I'm only two weeks younger than you (laughs) Dan speaking of uh, birthdays we did have a few of them this week, most notably the Great Bird of the Galaxy. Yes, happy birthday, Gene Roddenberry. It was last week we celebrated what would have been Gene's 96th birthday on August 19th, which is, uh, that's, that's amazing to think that um, he would have been 96. Unfortunately, as we know, another amazing thing, he passed away on um, October 24th, 1991. Um, so it's been, it's been quite a while since we lost him. Um, but also... On a positive note, people that we can celebrate, and I actually sent a tweet to Mr. Jonathan Frakes for his birthday the other day as he celebrated on the same day, as well as Diana Muldar. I did not realize until just this year that she celebrates the same birthday as those two wonderful gentlemen. So happy birthday to all three. We miss you, Gene, but you will live on forever because of what you have done with this great franchise. Well, Mr. Davidson, we return this week with yet another installment of fan favorite See It or Skip It. And this time we're progressing through yet another season of Next Gen. Absolutely. 30th anniversary is still upon us for a few more months anyway. So we're, we're keeping it going. You know, we're going to do all, se- all seven seasons uh, this year. We're up to season five already. That's kind of a, it's kind of a surprise. It's a little sad because that means we only have a couple seasons left, but we got a lot of other seasons of other Star Trek shows that we'll be able to tackle, but you got to wonder what uh, our good friend Amy is going to think after today's show. You know, I'm a little nervous, to tell you the truth, Bill. 
Well, you know, I remember season one was sort of a, a 50-50 proposition for both of us, literally. We both decided, you know, 13 out of the 26 episodes were skippets. Season two, we did a little worse than that. We came in about 45% each. Ouch. We, again, both hit the same number. Season three, the one we had Amy on for, uh, I hit 96% and you hit 84 So um, we did better in season three. Yes. Uh, season four, I took a nosedive into 69% with 18 out of 26 episodes. Ouch. And you, um, you killed it with 80%. So it'll be interesting to see what season five brings us. I uh, I can't agree more. And the other thing that's always great about See It or Skip It is who else we bring in to talk about it with us. And it's always exciting. So uh, I think we got somebody special. We do. We do have a special guest geek for the, the full hour, as Larry King would say. And uh, he is my, my great friend, Dan Kreger, fellow podcaster, and some might say the godfather of this particular mm-hmm. podcast. Because were it not for him, I would never have discovered the beauty of podcasting. So, Dan, welcome aboard, my friend. It's so great to have you with us. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Dan. I, I kind of feel that I should be maybe dropping my voice as the godfather. <laughs> talking like this. Wow. No? Um, uh, no? Bill made fun That's, of my um, Godfather impersonation last week, so I'm just going to leave it at that and let the chips fall where they may. Well, that's because you're not the guest, <laughs> and it's always about being nice to the guest, right? No, no, no. You don't need to be nice. That was terrible. I well, will admit. I, I suppose we. <laughs> but thank you. It's, uh, it, Before we get started, Dan, I should uh, I should show. give you great thanks um, for introducing Bill to podcasting because if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't have gotten involved in it, and then he wouldn't have brought me into it, and we wouldn't be called, causing all this suffering all over the world every week with our mellifluous tones for people to listen to. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say <laughs> suffering, but um, uh, look, it, Bill and I uh, had a, a very short stint doing a... Uh, a political podcast there for a little bit and it was a uh, it was a lot of fun um so and my background is in um tech podcasting but um no look i'm, I'm looking forward to today Talking as are geek. we yeah it's it's not too often you get to get your full geek on with star trek and we're excited about it so yes. y- your job today is primarily to be ringmaster to to us um, you're going to progress us through the season, uh, season five of Next Gen, and we will. Um, you can pick who goes first at what particular episode, and we'll tell you whether it's see it or skip it and why. And of course, we want you to to tell us how you feel about those particular episodes too. Sure. So, um, uh, have you have you always been a fan of Star Trek to some extent, or is it something you've you've watched later in life, or, or how exactly did you come into it? So I've always been a nerd and a geek, um, so I was always drawn to TV shows like Star Trek, like you know, Doctor Who and, and others, um, and I guess I really got into Star Trek, funnily enough, during the next next-gen phase, um, and it wasn't until uh, probably I was into my... 20s, uh, when I or 30s, when I went back and revisited um, the older Star Treks and and um, rewatched, you know, Next Gen and um, all of the movies. So, um, always been a geek, but I guess rediscovered uh, Star Trek in my 30s. I'm now in That's my 40, early 40s. So, to put context yeah, around s- that, you still look fantastic, though. So, of course. Um, yeah. Of course. So are you going to watch Star Trek Discovery when it comes to Netflix in Australia next month? Absolutely. There you go. Good Excellent. answer. Good answer. Yes. 
you can come back. Absolutely. I, I, I was actually hoping for a bit of uh, discovery news today, to be honest, from you guys, the people in the know. The people in the know. We, um, we, know, we know a little bit. I think that's safe to say. I think, um, you know, we, uh, I think news is a little light this week, but I have a feeling that uh, before the weekend is out, we'll probably hear something. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll have to keep my uh, eyes on the news feeds. At this point, when is there not discovery news? <laughs> I know, yes. right? As of this recording, we're 30 days out. So I, I honestly, I can't wait. I, I feel like I'm the kid waiting for Santa to come, you know, to the house with presents. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's going to be amazing. I, it's, uh, I, I, I start to stammer when I start to think about it because it's the first new Star Trek in, in over a decade So uh, on television. So, all right, let's do this. So, Dan, you can... Pick whichever one of us goes first with episode one, and um, we will hopefully regale you with some seize it or skips it. Sounds seize it or skips it. Lovely. All right. Um, had I known that this would be a, a random selection, I would have put a uh, 20-sided dice with me and gone odds and evens. <laughs> as it, I'm, I'm really geeking it up. Um, as it is, I'm going to go with my namesake can go first. Dan. If you want to uh, go ahead, you can name the episode and then read the brief plot description, and then Dan will chime in. Sure. So this is uh, Redemption Part 2. So this is the follow-up to the final episode from Season 4, aptly named Redemption Part 1. So Worf leaves the Enterprise to fight on behalf of Galron in a Klingon civil war was the the rundown for Redemption Part 1. So uh, Redemption Part 2 is the Klingon civil war comes to a conclusion. Uh, Dan Davidson. So, yeah, so starting off the season on a good note, uh, this is a definite see it for me. One of the main reasons, of course, is because Tony Todd is in it, and any episode with Tony Todd, no matter who he's playing, is worth it. Uh, That should be enough, but it's just a good ending to the Klingon Civil War, and it has repercussions throughout the rest of the show and other series. Uh, And Data being in command and ripping Mr. Hobson is worth the price of admission in itself, even if there is no money in the future. So, yeah, it's a see it for me, Bill. You know, I have to say this one's a see it for me also. It's, I mean, it's a pretty key two-parter as far as Worf's development, as far as next gen, as far as the Klingons. But I mean, it's honestly not one of my favorites. Um, I think it's a better two-parter than some others, but I do think it's it's one that people should see. So I'm going to say it's a see it. Uh, are you looking for my input at this point? Or? Absolutely. A- absolutely. Right. And then I may have uh, the Camp Kittimer results on this episode, too. All right. Um, for, for me, it was a see it, I, I guess. I wasn't enamored by this particular uh, episode, um, though the, the continuation and the continuing story, story of uh, Commander Seller, uh, the Romulan commander, um, it, it, I, I thought that that was, um, I guess, the, the core and critical part, um, along with uh, Worf's um, continued growth or his. Um, uh, uh, I lost my train of thought, but that's okay. The Worf part was good. That was great. <laughs> I love the Worf parts. Yeah, absolutely. I liked um, it very a lot. <laughs> yes, I liked it very a lot. Yes. Um, it, it was a see it for me, but. Um, I, I thought it was just a tad bit weak um, in terms of um, j- just the overall predictability of it. 
Well, I have to say that uh, looking at the results from the poll taken in Camp Kittimer, and first I have to thank Debbie, one of our campers in, in Camp Kittimer. She organized you know, an online survey for people in Camp Kittimer to go and rate whether or not they'd see or skip each episode. And then she sent me the results, almost like you know, Price Waterhouse Cooper in, you know, in this, this sealed envelope, and I have since opened it today. And uh, overwhelmingly, I mean, I'd say, you know... Uh, there was one lone skip it, but everybody else in Camp Kittimer said this one was definitely a see it. So luckily we agree with them. So no more torches and pitchforks for this round. <laughs> Moving on to round two, shall we? Sure. All right. So episode two, Darmok. Uh, so Picard must learn to communicate with an alien captain who speaks in metaphors before a dangerous beast kills them both. Uh, let's go with bill thank you um i think this one's definitely a see it uh, you know i think it's essential trek by all known definitions and i think that it's a great example of where next gen sort of transcends the original series and adds to its own legacy as star trek so uh, for that alone i think it's absolutely a see it dan wow well yes it's definitely a see it and all i have to say is the podcast when the mic dropped that's what I got to say. Now, in all seriousness, you know, this episode is a lightning rod, actually, I think, for lover to hate it. There's no in between, it seems. Um, I love it. Most of the people I've always talked to love it. Uh, but there are some people who really don't. But um, it's great. Paul Winfield just gives a great performance as Captain Dathon. And as Bill said, it truly is what Star Trek is all about. A brilliantly done episode. Definitely see it. Couldn't agree more, to be honest. Um, I, I thought... I mean, for me, this yeah, this epitomizes uh, next gen over and above. Um, you know, some of the other iterations, um, and I, I really liked the connection between uh, between the two captains, um, Picard and the other captain, whose uh, name does escape me. But um, I, I really enjoyed the interplay between those two, um, and, and it, it's a definite set. We're right there with you. And apparently Camp Kittimer is too. Um, they think it's overwhelmingly a see it. So, so far we're still in good company. Although I think coming up here, we're going we're gonna to break ways with them in a little bit. I think maybe with round three. Uh, and ding, ding, round three. Uh, so uh, episode three, Ensign Rowe. So after an attack on a Federation outpost, Picard is sent to locate a Bajoran terrorist with the help of Ensign Rowe Laren. And we'll uh, we'll continue with the back and forth. Uh, so, Dan, you can go first. Sure. Um, it only took uh, three episodes before I came out with my first skip of the season. I am just not a fan of Ensign Rowe. I never really have been. Um, I believe they originally were going to cast her to play Kira's role on Deep Space Nine, whether it was going to be as Rowe or as Kira. Um I'm just so glad they went with Nana instead. Uh, you're not going to find many episodes that have Ensign Row that I'm going to give many see-its to. So I gave this one a skip it, Bill and Dan. Wow, so you're a Row hater. I didn't know that. I'm not a Row hater. I'm just not a Row fan. So you're a Row hater. I love Michelle Forbes. Oh, yeah. I love Michelle Forbes. I just don't like uh, Row at all. Yeah, Michelle Forbes is amazingly talented. I love her, but you hate Row. I'm, I'm amazed to learn this. I wouldn't say that. I would say that Ensign Row could be synonymous with bill smith take that as you will <laughs> wow uh, <laughs> unlike you know my my dear co-host who <laughs> i'd agree with him or else we'd both be wrong i think this is see it and, and i think it's because it lays some some really okay groundwork for 
for DS9, and I think we need that. And I think overall it does tell a decent story, even if Riker's annoyance with Ensign Rowe is just taken way overboard. Um, I think they could have dialed back that character a bit. But uh, ultimately, I, I think I'm a see it because I, I think this story matters down the road. Oh, believe me, you're not a see it. The episode is a see it. Wow. What see, words it's a are Latin here. <laughs> <laughs> this far, no further? Right, exactly. I, 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 I'm going to stay out. <laughs> How would you rate it, Dan? Uh, I am, unfortunately, for you, Bill, I'm going to have to go with uh, with my namesake, with Dan. Um, I, I, I really am not a huge fan of uh, Ensign Row either and really couldn't get into... Um, into the episode uh, off the back of the um, of episode two, uh, this was a bit of a letdown for me. Bill, I want to thank you for inviting Dan on the show tonight. I really think he's an intelligent individual, and I look forward to having him on again. It's great for Dan Gregor's last appearance on Trek Geeks, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I, oh, come on. I was about to say I hope I'm not setting a dangerous precedent. Uh, but, uh, no, it's, it, it's a free-for-all, trust me. Um, by the way, uh, Cam Kettemer was overwhelmingly see-it with this episode, almost uh, 75-25, maybe closer to 80-20. So um, I, I thought that was very interesting. Um but I, I do have to agree with you, Mr. Craiger, that uh, coming off of Darmok, Antonro is a little bit of a letdown. I hadn't considered that. True. Yeah. Taken in isolation, uh, perhaps it would have been... Uh, I, I may not have been too harsh on it, but um, I, I've, I, I have spent the last few weeks uh, re-watching the whole of uh, Season 5 and uh, watched those two back-to-back, so maybe that was the... Uh, Maybe I didn't do justice to uh, to Ensign Rowe, but then again, it is Ensign Rowe. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> yes. Uh, episode four, uh, Silicon Avatar. So with the help of a scientist whose uh, son uh, who lived on Data's homeworld, the crew attempt to communicate with a crystalline entity. Bill. Well, I have first off, I have to apologize to Amy Nelson from Trek FM because she's going to find out that I, I how I feel about this episode, and I'm going to catch a bunch of grief for it. I do think this one is a see it, but it's really borderline for me. Truthfully, I don't like this episode. I, I think that it's essential in wrapping up the story of the crystalline entity, even though I don't think we needed to wrap it up. But I. I, I hate the scenes with Dr. Marr and especially the ones where Data is voicing her son. But there's some important growth for Data here, I think. And uh, all in all, it's, 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 not, <laughs> it's not code of honor. So I'm going to call it a see it, but again, just barely over the border. Dan? I took a test today. No, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do the whole lot. <laughs> um, you know, I, I gave this one a see it. I like it a lot more than uh, than than you do. It sounds, Bill. Um, I thought that this was a great conclusion to the first season episode with the crystalline entity. I like that they brought it back. It's not something that you would have expected to come back. Um, so I liked it. And you know. Call me heartless, but the scene where Data tells Doctor Marr how unhappy her son would have been of what she had done, how she, how he would have felt was just awesome. You could see her just slipping away in front of our faces and it was just wonderful. So for me, um, yeah, I, I have to question, uh, why, I mean, as you said, Dan, you, you wouldn't expect them to do another crystalline entity. Um, uh, and I would have to question why they th- 
bothered, to be honest. Um, I mean, uh, you're right, there were yeah. elements of this that were um, that were great, that were fantastic, but I think overall it's, it's a skip it for me. Interesting. Interesting. Camp Kittimer, um, uh, roughly 71% said see it. So clearly they're lining up with, with Mr. Davidson uh, pretty well so far for the most part, uh, probably a little less. So what you're saying is that we can't take their judgments all that seriously. <laughs> easy, easy, mister. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Well, I, I would, I'm just trying to get back into Bill's good books. Oh, that's yeah, all. yeah. He, he knows who produces uh. the show. He knows. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, I, although I do think it's interesting. Yeah, there are there are really good elements to that episode, but I just uh, it's it was tough. I, I'm really this close to calling it a skip it, but it just barely gets pushed over the edge. So what what do I know? So on to episode five, disaster. The Enterprise is without power, trapping Picard in a turbo lift with three children and others in various locations. Command of the bridge falls to Councillor Troy, who feels ill prepared. So given that uh, we're on odds. Uh, and he is a little bit Dan Davidson. <laughs> Go ahead. Wow. I actually thought you were going to say Bill because I forgot that I started. But okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give this one a see it. Um, it's not the best episode of the season, but it's fun. And even though it is kind of it's got children in it and usually children episodes go awfully off the rails awfully. Um, Picard sings Frere Jaca. So enough said. See it. I think the best part about this is Dan's notes where Frere Jaca is spelled phonetically. Because I don't want to spell it. Yaka. Frere as Yaka. Hashtag. Uh, this one for me is a see it. I think there's a lot of great stuff here, and there's lots of moments where the crew has to be outside their specific comfort zones, notably Troy and Picard. So this one for me is definitely a see it. Again, I uh, I'm going to agree. Um, I thought it was uh, it was nice to see uh, Picard somewhat uncomfortable, um, uh, and yeah, it, it really was uh, playful and and just a, a real joy to watch that particular episode. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Without a doubt, Camp Kittimer agrees. Um, I think there were a couple of lone holdouts, but overall disaster. Huge favorite. Episode 6, The Game. Wesley visits the Enterprise and finds the crew addicted to a mind-altering computer game. Bill. Again, with apologies to Amy Nelson, this one for oh. me is just a skip it. Uh, this episode oh. bores me. I don't think no. it's written very well. I think Ashley Judd is terrible in this episode. And... Um, <sighs> Will Wheaton has yet another episode of Wesley Trek. So for me, that's three strikes. I can't stand the game. Uh, on to you, Dan. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> wow. This is such a see it for me. I love this episode. It is fun. It's just a great idea. And I think uh, more than anything in the world, I want one of those games. <laughs> And, you know, Ashley Judd's cute. And, yeah, there's that, too. But I, oh, wow, man, that is a shocker for me. I'm definitely giving this one a see it. I'm Dan, uh, don't I let don't me know. down. I don't know who you are anymore, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I knew you. Um, this, this is, this is like, yeah, it's a definite see it. This, 
two, two words for you, and they've already been mentioned a couple of times. Ashley uh, Judd. <laughs> um, besides that, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the the episode. Um, you're not going to miss anything if you don't see it. Sure, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I like the. Uh, uh, yeah, I just I, I like the um, the robotic nature of uh, the crew uh, as the as the show progresses, um, and and the fact that it has Ashley Judd. <laughs> I'm sensing a trend here. Uh, camp Kittimer is seventy seventy one percent in the see it camp. I clearly uh, am in the minority on this one, and I'm okay being that way. <laughs> wow. I, I think uh, having again having rewatched it uh, recently, and the fact that uh, I am a huge, massive fan of the the novel Ready Player One, there, there was elements of that in this this particular episode as well. Okay, but you know that's just me. <laughs> episode seven, Unification Part One. Spock is reported to have defected to the Romulans. Picard and Data travel to Romulus in a cloaked Klingon vessel to investigate. And we're circling back around to Dan Davidson. You know, there are bad episodes and there are really bad episodes. Thankfully, this is neither. Uh, This is definitely a see it. What else can anyone say about this episode, even though we have to wait till the very last scene for the most part? The legend is brought into TNG, and it is a see it all the way. I I don't know how I could disagree with that, especially when you use the words the legend. You know, uh, my my notes here say see it, Spock, 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 Sarek, Spock, 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 Spock. (laughs) <laughs> because it, it's it's Spock, and finally he comes to Next Gen after you know years of them kind of wanting to keep TOS at bay to some extent. It's uh it's essential to TNG, and I suspect uh, the next episode could have a similar discussion to this one. <laughs> uh, I I have uh, six words for you this time. Yeah. See it, see it, see it. Oh, I wonder how you really feel six. about that. Yep. Yeah, see it, see it, see it. <laughs> I, I, I think I can count. That's um, six, yeah. Math is hard. Math is hard. Yeah, yes, it is. Yes. Um, yeah, this is a, it's, it's a definite see it. As, as both of you have already pointed out, the fact that the legend uh, is there, um, I, I think, uh, makes it a no-brainer. Yeah. Episode 8, uh, Unification Part 2. So... Uh, Spock attempts to unify the Vulcans and Romulans in peace, but falls into a Romulan trap. Bill. Well, as one might guess, based on the previous episode, which I think has a title that's somewhat similar, um, see it, Spock, 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 Spock. Uh, Dan, over to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very similar in that answer. See it. You know, in all honesty... It's a little light on the conclusion with Sila. We've had our conversations about that. Um, but I got to say, the last scene of this episode, when Picard shares Sarek's memories with Spock, Spock's reaction is quite possibly the most touching scene in the history of Star Trek. All of it. It is awesome. See it. Wow. Wow. Even more touching than... Um... Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
then it's very touching. Very touching. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I really should have run this as a, as a single, you know, unification part one and two. We'll just rate them both. Um, I, I don't know that any of us were ever going to say uh, skip it. Um, so as as you've said, that the, the last scene in, um, in part two is um, uh, it did tug at the heartstrings a little bit. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, it's in- uh, yeah, it's a definite scene. It's interesting because in Camp Kittimer for the two parts, Unification Part 1 was unanimous, see it. It's the only episode in which it is unanimous. Unification 2, one person said skip it. I was really surprised by that. Maybe they misvoted. (laughs) Maybe, or maybe we'll find out later. Somebody really hates that episode, and I suppose that's okay, too. (laughs) Yeah, their their response is, look, uh, Part 1, I gave it a see it because it was great up until the part where Spock came in. (laughs) (laughs) And he was in it right at the end. So overall, yeah, no, I, um, he or she. Right, right. Right. Episode nine, A Matter of Time. An apparent historian from the 26th century visits the Enterprise while they help a planet prevent a nuclear winter. Um, and we're going with Dan. Okay, so for a long time, I would have given this episode a skip it through the years, but I'm actually giving it a see it here tonight. I watched it recently because H&I is the best channel ever, Um, and after rewatching it, I changed my mind because basically Picard's dilemma and then the speeches that he gives to Rasmussen through the episode are classic Picard speeches and it really shows how good a captain he is and just the facts that fact that Max Headroom was in Star Trek is kind of a plus two so I give it a see it I and, 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 and back to you Bill <laughs> <laughs> well thank you I, I appreciate that um, I give this one a see it although for me I was really kind of borderline for a while um, it's not an episode I particularly enjoy and I think the plot is is pretty transparent I mean when I saw this first run, I was like, okay, I know what this is. So, But but overall, it's entertaining. I think Matt Frewer does a, a great job. Um, it's interesting that this is the episode they wanted Robin Williams for originally. Mm. So when I think about it in that context, I think about what might have been. And I think that that colors my perception just a little bit. So I'm going to say see it. Yeah, I, unfortunately, gentlemen, I, I have to say it's a, it's a skip it. And... Dan Walst, I agree that the Picard speeches were were great. Um, uh, I would have been happy to skip the rest of it and just watch those. Um, so whilst it, it adds, it, whilst it adds to the character of Picard, I don't. I, I thought that the plot was weak, the storyline was weak. It was, it was a, a weak episode. Um, if you take out the Picard uh, speeches, the, the rest of it was meh at best. Oh, our first so, met of the weekend. Dude, this is great. I like that. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh, I'm not talking anymore. About, <laughs> how about our folks at, uh, at, at the camp? They, um, two to one, said this was a see it episode, which I, I find wow. interesting that, uh, that the margin was that clear. So, um, two thirds. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought it would have been a little more line ball than that, but um, maybe we have some diehard Trek geeks over there at the camp. I think the next episode is going to tell us a lot. <laughs> <laughs> episode 10, New Ground. 
kids. Worf tries to be a father to his son, Alexander, while the Enterprise helps to test a new propulsion technology. Uh, this one goes to Dan. Ha, no, come on now. Yep. No, no, okay, Bill. Okay, I'll take it. Um, this one's this one's a skip it for me. Honestly, I had to look this one up to remind myself what it was about. Uh, this one gets my first meh of of the episode. Uh, I couldn't care less about was this the the Soliton wave. I think it is. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, the, overwhelmingly a skip it for me. Uh, I, I You can skip this one and not even really miss anything. So, Dan? Mm. Yeah, I, very similar reactions, Bill uh, and Dan, because I gave this a skip it. And to be honest, I have no recollection of what this episode is. Uh, it's the one episode that I have of every season where I don't remember much about it. You're you're telling me about the silicone wave or silicon, whatever it's called, silicone wave. I don't know what it is. Um, I just don't remember it much, so there must be a reason why. So I'm going to give it a skip. It. I, I think it's nice that Wolf's trying to be a father to his son. Um, I, I don't know that he does a great job. <laughs> oh, he definitely does. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I may be understating it a little bit, but look, he's, he's trying, and and that's that's really the important part. Um, I think that's the message we can all take from this particular episode, which is a, a definite skip. It um, is that at least try. <laughs> they they kind of tried with this one and failed. Oh, <laughs> sad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Camp Kittimer. Yeah, absolutely he did, spectacularly. Uh, Camp Kittimer, 60% of the respondents said this one is also a skip it. Okay, so that's our our first uh, predominantly skip it one then. It is, resoundingly so, too. Yeah. Uh, So we're all in agreement there. That's... um it's a first for this episode. Yeah, it's the first time that's happened on, on the negative side. So that's uh, yes. that's really great to hear. Episode 11, Hero Worship. So Data saves the life of an orphaned boy who begins to emulate him. Dan. Okay, so I'm going to give this a see it, but... Uh, I gotta, I gotta stress as much as I can stress that this is as barely a see it as humanly or androidally as possible for one reason and one reason only. I can actually relate to this episode a little bit because when I was a youngster, I would emulate people from time to time in order to hide whatever anxieties I might have been having. Um, so that's the reason I give it a, a barely see it. And, you know, even now as a grown up, I would love to emulate data any day of the week. And I think sometimes I do without even realizing it. So emulation is a good thing. So I'm giving it a see it, but it is by the tiniest of, of percentile. I, um, I, I can't give this one a see it in any way. I hate this episode with a passion. I think it's um, I think it's tedious. I think it's overwrought, and I don't think that the kid is really all that believable. Uh, it just continues the trend of kids in Star Trek. Uh, mm-hmm. s- small trivia note: This is the episode that was in the process of being filmed when Gene Roddenberry died. So, um, so yeah, skip it, uh, skip it, skip it, skip it. And I have very little to add to this one, to be honest. Um, it is a skip it, um, and I echo your sentiments, Bill. Um, I thought it was 
yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty weak. Uh, I think amazingly weak, and uh, this one was disliked by Camp Kittimer even more. Wow. So almost almost 70% of the respondents said, uh, no, skip this one. So again, I mean, um, I, I think, uh, Dan, you know, you're, you've, you've taken a personal uh, approach to this particular episode, which yeah. you know, I, I, could, I can certainly relate to it as well. I think uh, all of us as teenagers did some sort of uh, mimicry, yeah. um, and, I, and I, is- I get that. Yeah. That is the only reason. I mean, it's not a great episode. That's the only reason I gave it a personal see it for it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so we now move on to uh, episode 12, uh, Violations. Uh, something that, um, uh, being a friend of Bill's, I'm well aware of. Um, uh, uh, read into that whatever you may. Uh an alien traveling abroad, uh, sorry, aboard the Enterprise telepathically molests Troy and invades the minds of Beverly Crusher and William Riker. Um, a tough subject for some, I would imagine, um, but uh, let's go with Bill. Thanks. Uh, I think this one's a skip it. This is like my second one in a row. That's a first for me this week. Um, I just, I want to be done with the episodes where Deanna Troy is violated in some sense, because I think it really does a disservice to her character. I think her character is stronger than that. And it seems like she's the perpetual target. Oh, we need someone to go through something that's a woman. I know, let's have Deanna do it. Because at least Beverly gets to do things with interphasic shielding. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say this one's a skip it. Yeah, uh, this is a a skip it too. And I can't remember if this was on our 10 worst episodes of TNG when we were with Mr. Morehouse a few weeks back, but it's a skip it for me. It's another poor Deanna episode. And by that, it's poor by, oh, poor Deanna. And it's a poor episode. Um, Not really much to, uh, to like about this. I think we were all violated a little by the fact that we had to watch it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I certainly felt dirty and needed a shower after this one. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I didn't find this enjoyable at all. Um, and I know that there, you know, sometimes uh, there's going to be episodes that try and test you and, and push you, push the boundaries. But the, this was not it. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was poorly executed, to be honest. I, uh, I agree. Dan agrees. Camp Kittimer agrees. Um, almost by the same margin as the last episode. We got a couple of definite skippets in the last couple of rounds. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, sort of mid-season dip, maybe? Yeah, yeah thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Episode 13, The Masterpiece Society. So the Enterprise helps a far-flung eugenic human colony avoid destruction, but it upsets its delicate balance by ending 200 years of isolation. Dan, what were your thoughts on this one? You know, as anyone who's listened to this podcast and has listened to See It or Skip It, there is always at least, or usually just one episode of every season that I just despise. And congratulations, Masterpiece Society. You are that episode of season five. Skip it. Done. Bill? 
Congratulations, Masterpiece Society. <laughs> um, surprisingly, this one's a see it for me. I, um, I kind of like the story, even though there are some really far-fetched aspects to it. It does do further disservice to Deanna Troy, I think, but I like the storyline for Hannah, who's played by Day Young, who's a guest actor in Star Trek that I just, I, I love it when she appears because her characters are always fantastic. Um, so believe it or not, I kind of like Masterpiece Society, so it's a see it for me. Maybe it's something to do with my personality, but I, I have to agree that the storyline on this was far better than the previous two or three episodes. And um, whilst it has its moments of being poor, I think overall the storyline carries this episode. Uh, so it's a see it for me. God, where did you get this guy, Bill? It'll circle back around, Dan. I'll agree with you shortly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Cam Kittimer split almost down the middle on this one. So kind of like we are. It's kind of interesting. Which leads us into Conundrum, uh, episode 14. The crew's memories are mysteriously erased. They soon discover that they are being manipulated into taking part in a war uh so let's go with uh, bill on this one i love this episode it's a nice departure from regular trek stories although if this race had the technology to give everyone amnesia couldn't they have built some friggin weapons i mean seriously <laughs> <laughs> you know they gotta hijack a starship that can just you know blow their enemy out of the sky with like phaser shots i mean not even photons uh, I think this is a really creative story. I love the way it's done. I like the confusion aspect. I like the Roe Riker storyline. It's got a nice little kicker scene at the end. Uh, this is a see it. Yeah, I, I love this episode also. Uh, that confusion that, Bill, you just talked about, and the slow realization that something is amiss plays for a great hour of television. I really, really would have loved to have seen more of McDuff's actual alien race after this episode because they looked really badass. This is a yep. definite see it for me. Absolutely agree. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a it's a definite see it. Um, and just to, I mean, Bill, show me a, a, an episode of Star Trek, and I'll I'll show you a, a bit of a plot hole. Um, I mean, the fact that they didn't have advanced weapons. Yeah, I, I don't know that that has any great bearing on it. I mean, maybe they're pacifists and and they use other people to conduct their warfare. Who knows? And and it could be. I guess the um, ultimately the the downside for me is that there's, there's yeah there's not much about this particular race um, mm. beyond this episode as as far as I'm aware. Um, no, right. there's not. And, and and I think yeah I, I'm I'm with you, Dan. I think they could have really. Um, I would have liked to have seen a lot more of them as well. Yeah, agreed. Very interesting. Um, Cam Kittimer uh, likes this one overwhelmingly, as you might guess, like 85 to 15%. Well, not surprising. No. Um, it's a, somewhat of a, a, a blip, I guess. Uh, we're maybe starting to get back into some, some good episodes. I think so. Uh, so episode 15 is Power Play. So Troy, O'Brien, and Data are possessed by entities who can control. Who, sorry, who want control of the ship? Um, so this this seems to be a, a bit of a, a running, you know, 
with uh, with Troy being molested in, in episode 12 and all of them having their minds wiped in episode 14 and now they're possessed. Um, but, uh, Dan, what, what were your thoughts on this? You know, uh, like Conundrum, this is two episodes in a row that I just absolutely love. Every time it's on, I'll watch it. I love what's going on. Seeing the cast out of their normal character element in this episode was really brilliant writing, I thought. Uh, Brent Spiner was downright scary as a possessed data, and it was actually a little funny to me to see possessed Deanna marching down the hall with this look on her face like she was a big old meanie. Um, and actually, you know what? Speaking of meanie, it was good to see O'Brien have a pivotal role in a TNG episode. Everything about this episode I loved. It is a definite see it for me. I can't I, I can't improve on that. You said everything that I was thinking about this episode. I love it when... You know, the characters we know and love get to do something cross-type from what they normally are. And this episode absolutely does not disappoint. So this one's a see it by far. Uh, and, and likewise for me, a see it. I, again, I can't, um, I can't really improve on what you guys have said. It, it, it was just uh, a hell of a lot of fun to watch that one. And uh, Cam Kittimer, 75-25, which is really kind of interesting to me. I, uh, I'm surprised that a quarter of the people just really don't dig this episode. So th- that's really kind of interesting. Tis. Maybe we, uh, maybe next time you can get some explanations from them as to why. Yeah, I think comments would be good. Maybe we'll see if we can work that in. Yeah. Um, episode 16, Ethics. So Wolf becomes paralyzed and suicidal. Asking Riker to do the head, uh, sorry, the headmar ceremony, Doctor Crusher consults a risk-taking researcher to save his life. Uh, and we're up to Bill. We are. I think this episode is just so ham-handed. And by next week, you don't even know that Worf was ever paralyzed. I, I liked the idea of this episode. Just for me, I don't. I don't think it's executed particularly well. I, I don't enjoy it. I think it's a skip it. Interesting. Um, we've had a, a couple differences here tonight. I actually gave this one a see it, and uh, I did so because it's it's an interesting moral and medical dilemma here in this episode as to how to treat Worf, and I like that tug of war that takes place between Crusher and, and Dr. Russell. Um, on the negative side, I know Worf is a Klingon and all, but he just treats his son so horribly in this episode and i just don't understand um klingons in that fashion i guess um and also i'm not a huge fan of dr russell in this episode not so much because of what she's doing and how she does it but (laughs) she kind of reminds me of ellen degeneres a little bit too much and it was kind of a distraction halfway through the episode (laughs) at least she wasn't (laughs) dancing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for me i i I I don't know what it is. I, um, I, I have to come out. There's, there's something I need to tell you guys. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Worf. Um, I, I'm sorry. No, no need to be sorry. It's okay. Took took a lot took a lot for me to say that. But um, you're among friends. Uh, that being <laughs> that being said, um, I, I, again, I have to agree with with Dan. I think this episode touches on a, a some moral and ethical. Uh, dilemmas and boundaries that um, a lot of people, uh, you know, come across in their everyday lives. Um, 
So this this one for me is a see it because I think it's still relevant. Some of the the, the sort of underlying plot and the underlying story is still relevant today. Um, so it's a see it for me. Uh, Camp Kettermer tends to agree. Um, I'd say roughly 70, 65 to 70% of the respondents said this also was a see it. So um, I, I'm the odd man out on this one, and um, I get it. Episode 17, The Outcast. Riker falls in love with an androgynous alien during their uh, efforts to rescue others of the same race who were trapped in null space. Um, Speaking of androgynous, Dan. (laughs) I I appreciate that, Mr. Never Be On Again. Anyway, um, (laughs) you know, this is one of the most memorable episodes from a standpoint of what Star Trek is all about. Uh, They tackle the issues of today and back in the 90s in ways that makes for simply great television with a Trek spin on it. It's masterfully done, and it is a see-it for good old me. Hey, um, wasn't Orf paralyzed last week? <laughs> oh, and by the way, Melinda Kalea from the A-Team is great in this episode. It's a little unrealistic that Riker would risk his career like this after only knowing her for like a week, but I think this story is told well, and I think it's an important one for Star Trek, especially at this this era when this particular episode came out in the early 90s. So for me, this one's definitely a skip it. And wow, you wouldn't even know Worf was ever hurt. That's amazing. (laughs) So wait a minute. Did you see it or see it or skip it, Bill? See it. Okay. Just, I wanted to, I was a little confused there for a second. Okay. Thank you. And Worf. Yeah. yeah, I I thought you said skip it, but that's okay. My apologies. If I did, I did mean see it. I do have it written here. That's okay. (laughs) Sorry. Reading is hard. And, you can go back in and edit that and just put see it. I probably uh, no one will notice. No one yeah. will notice. See it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah look, it's a, it's a see it for me as well. Um, as you both pointed out, I, I think when when Star Trek's at its best is when it's tackling um, uh, issues that are relevant to then. Um, uh, in a in in a you know what would otherwise be a, a wholly Star Trek way of of tackling those those particular issues, and this was another one. Um, much like ethics, I thought this was um, it, every episode has its issues, but I thought this was uh, this was good. So it's uh, it's a see it for me. And um, of course, Camp Kittermer does not disappoint. Uh, overwhelmingly, a see it, but uh, by by a wide margin. That's um, that's good. Not episode, yes, episode eighteen, Groundhog Day. I mean, sorry, cause and effect. <laughs> the Enterprise becomes stuck in a time loop, but the crew retains some memory of previous instances. Uh, Guillaume, sorry, uh, that's French for Bill. Oh, <laughs> I, I'd heard a rumor. Um, this one's a <laughs> see it for me. I think this is just wonderfully creative storytelling for next gen. And I think that this works beautifully. I remember the first time I watched this, I I wonder if there was a problem with my recording because I had taped it on VHS while I was at work and I went back to watch it and I'm like, what, what's going on? Is there a problem with the tape? So once I finally figured out that the story had just 
change the slightest bit each time I realized how brilliant the episode was. So this one is, without a doubt, a see it. Ooh, wow. <laughs> you know, I have to give it a see it as well. It's got it's a great story, great effects, a great guest star who I wish we saw more of later down the road. This is an episode that you just cannot miss. I mean, it's a great story, it's great effects. There's a great guest star who I really wish you got to see more of down the road. <laughs> you know, this is just an episode that you cannot miss. Dan? Uh, That's wow, I really appreciate that, guys. <laughs> I wondered where you were going there for a second. Oh, no, 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 okay. That's yeah, well done. Comment no, of awesome. the day right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was actually sitting here uh, humming to myself the um, the... The Pennsylvania song from Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's a definite see it for me. They they must have had a lot of fun recording this particular episode. Yeah, nothing new to add. It's it's a see it. This is the only other unanimous choice by Camp Kittimer. Everybody hands down said see it. So. This is definitely some great Star Trek, no matter how you look at it. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, I may need you guys to help me in the pronunciation here, but let's see. I'll give it a go. Uh, oh, no, no, that's, a, that's in another episode. Never mind. <laughs> episode 19, The First Duty. Wesley is questioned uh, over a Starfleet Academy flight training accident. Uh, let's go with Dan. I'm a big fan of this episode. Um, it's got a great story, great effect. No, I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. Um, it's great to see Wesley again, even though we all know how some people's opinions of Wesley are. It was great to see Starfleet Academy also. Um, I loved the performances that the people that played the admirals in this episode, they stood out for me. And I got to say, I loved the character of Locarno. And personally, in my opinion, I really think that they could have had Locarno be McNeil's character in Voyager after doing a stint in a penal colony for what happened at Starfleet Academy. It has always been a little bit of confusion. Hey, that's Locarno from TNG, and now he's Paris on Voyager. Just my opinion, but it's, whatever that is, that opinion, this episode is a see it. I, I can't agree more. I'm about to bleep myself, something I don't very often do, but the only way I can sum this episode up is this. Hashtag Wesley f***s up, and it's awesome. Um, I think one of the great things about this episode is you realize Wesley is human. You know, Wesley makes the biggest mistake of his life so far and Picard calls him on it and Picard uses some of the, the toughest love he could ever use in this episode. And I think it's great character work all around by everybody in this episode, particularly Patrick Stewart and especially Will Wheaton. That's worth the price of admission just for that alone. See it all day long. As a, a huge fan of the broad work that uh, that is Will Wheaton, um, any episode with Wesley Crusher is is going to get a tick from me. Um, I, I have I, I uh, I'll be honest, I have a geeky crush uh, on on Will Wheaton. Um, so uh, that being said, I thought this uh, I thought the episode was was really good. Um, I, I know at least my. My take is that Picard's always been somewhat of a father figure to, to Will. Um, so to have him 
there uh, to both, you know, berate him and and um, uh, and help him back up. I think it's. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. And um, Cam Kitterer right there with us. They are overwhelmingly see it like ninety six percent. So um, this is. I think this is one of the best episodes of season five. Honestly. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Episode 20, Cost of Living. Uh, now, one of you guys can correct me, but Luaxana. That's about Excellent it. Excellent job. Yeah, great job. All right. Well, we'll run with that. Luaxana arrives to marry a man she has never met. Worf has difficulty rearing uh, Alexander, which is exacerbated uh, when Luaxana takes the boy under her wing. Um, Bill. This one, to me, is the worst of the Loaxana episodes. I don't like a lot of them. There are some good ones between TNG and, and, and her appearances on DS9, but I, I tune out every time this episode is on. I can't even watch it. It's that painful to me. So this one, as you might have guessed, is a skip it. Well, uh, everybody knows how I feel about the Loaxana episodes. I'm sorry to say. Um, I actually gave this a see it when I was putting together my list because I thought that this was the episode where Klingon legend Michael Ansara played her husband. And then I realized that, no, that was on DS9 because she married Odo in that episode. Spoiler alert for when we do DS9. So, yeah, this episode, um, yeah, it sucks. Skip it. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Although yeah, Tim gonna... Conway was in it. No, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with both of you. This was a, a skip it for me. Um, the ongoing saga that is uh, Worf and his son, um, and, and as I indicated earlier, the fact that I'm not a huge fan of Worf um, is, is all right when he's uh, in the background, but as, as a core component of an, an episode, I couldn't get into it. So I'm surprised nope. that uh, this was uh, right down the middle in Camp Kittimer. Uh just about fifty-five, forty-five, or or maybe slightly less than that. Um, almost fifty-fifty. So uh, that that's kind of surprising to me on this one. Indeed. Episode twenty-one: The Perfect Mate. Picard forces himself to resist the charms of a female empathic metamorph, uh, who is set to marry an alien leader as a peace offering. Uh, guest star Femke Jensen as Kamala. So that's an empathic, empathic metamorph. So, uh, and this one's with Dan. Tell me about your empathic metamorph. I am going to emphatically say that this is a see it. Um, Famka Jensen. That's really the only thing that needs to be said here. Other than I am for you, William of Smith. <laughs> I sure as hell hope not. Um, <laughs> you know, it, I, the, the thing I like about this episode, I actually saw this episode at a Star Trek convention in Denver uh, just a couple of days before it aired, back when they would still do that kind of thing. And the crowd loved it back then, and I still love watching it now. Even though this re episode reminds me a bit of Alana Troyes from the original series, I think this one's pulled off a lot better. Plus, it's kind of nice to see, look back at this now and see Famke Jansen. You know, in a time where she wasn't as well known when she and Patrick Stewart would later reunite to do X-Men. So, see mm -hmm. it. 
I, I just want to know why Picard would force himself to resist um, her charms. That's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, that's, it's a definite seed for me, yeah. Um, I, I, again, I, I, I did enjoy uh, the storyline here, but um, uh, much much like uh, Ashley Judd earlier, um, you know, there's, there's, there's uh, lots of very good reasons to watch this episode, so it's a seed for me. Uh, Camp Kittimer, I would say probably 55% said see it. I'm amazed that this one is, again, a little more down the middle compared to some other episodes, but um, I uh, definitely want to think about. But uh, at least just over half the respondents say say see it. Uh, that surprises me, I've got to be honest. But... Yeah. Um, episode 22, Imaginary Friend. A child's imaginary playmate takes on physical form and threatens the well-being of the Enterprise. Uh, Bill. Uh, let's see. Kids in Star Trek. Ugh. Skip it. <laughs> We've established that's never good. Yeah, it's never um, good. It, not once. So I definitely say skip this one. It, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Skip it for me, too. You know, Isabella is the creepiest kid, like, ever. Uh, even if she isn't yeah. a kid. <laughs> You know, you know these "quote unquote" youngling episodes have never really worked on Star Trek, and you know, and the children shall lead. Does that ring an Isabella? See what I did there, guys. Yeah. Oh, de- yeah. definitely. Skip yeah. Skip it. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, <laughs> yes, I have nothing to add there. Um, there was something of an element of the children of the corn, but. Um, uh, yeah, it's a it's a skip it for me. I um, you might be surprised to learn that Camp Kittimer feels exactly the same way. Seventy five percent of the respondents say, um, "Yeah, they don't want to watch this episode," and we're right there with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did you make me watch it? <laughs> That's how I felt just last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made me watch it. And- well, now we'll have words later. Now you can just take the "you're welcome" I'm about to give you and and be happy about it. Yeah, no, this is true. This is true. <laughs> Although I, I, I must admit, um, it's far easier watching uh, episodes like that on Netflix than it would have been back in the '80s or '90s when it was on uh, VHS. Oh, tell me about it. Commercials. I can yeah. just. Well, no, I, I can just skip ahead five minutes, and you know, <laughs> I don't have to. Um, episode twenty-three. I. Borg. The Enterprise rescues a Borg survivor whom Geordie names Hugh. Picard plans to download a destructive computer virus to Hugh so the virus will spread throughout the collective when Hugh is sent back. Uh, Dan, you're up on this one. What did you think of Hugh the Borg? Well, what did I think of Hugh the Borg? Eh, I'll get to that in a second. I gave this a see it, though. Um, I don't think this is the strongest of Borg episodes, but the ramifications of what happens here can be felt in future seasons of this show as well as in seasons of Voyager down the road. I don't think Hugh is... um, I think the idea of Hugh is great, and uh, I believe Jonathan Del Arco did a fantastic performance with him. I just think the whole idea... It, it it wasn't it wasn't overly strong for me, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but you you still think it's a see it? 
Yes, I do think it's a see it because okay. of the ramifications of what happens. Picard gets completely crushed by Admiral Necheyev later on down the road for not giving this virus to Hugh. And then we see what happens later on in Voyager when they talk about getting a virus into the system of the collective, um, specifically towards the end of the series. So there's a lot that happens here that take that has ramifications and repercussions later on in other series besides just TNG. So we have to see it. For I that agree. Reason. There's a great moral you know, problem here for Picard. And he faces a completely different moral problem as the result of this episode later on down the road, like you say, with Admiral mm-hmm. Necheyev. Mm-hmm. I think this episode is written really, really well. And I almost don't want to like it because I just don't like the whole individuality of the Borg. I think it, it weakens them to some extent. And even though I don't like Hugh particularly... Uh, even though I like the job that Jonathan Del Arco did, I do think this is just a wonderfully written episode. So uh, this one for me is a see it. Yep. Uh, likewise for me. Um, again, you guys have uh, an innate ability to say everything that I'm thinking. Um, so when it comes to me, I have very little to uh, to input. Um, so, uh, yep, the Hugh character, not particularly likable, but... You know, he is a Borg, so there's not much to like. But uh, it's a it's a see it for me. And Bill, Camp, you're a Borg too. I, I am a Borg. I Borg. <laughs> uh, Camp Kittimer is also a Borg because uh, I would say roughly 96 percent of them said this one is a see it as well. Episode 24: The Next Phase. A transporter accident traps Geordie and Ensign Rowe out of phase with uh, normal space. While the others plan their funeral, Geordie and Rowe must find a way to reverse the process and save the Enterprise from destruction. This one is to uh, to Bill. So, uh, Ensign Rowe's back. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, I think this episode has a lot of problems, honestly. Not the least of which for me is I get that they can run through walls, but why don't they then fall through the floor? <laughs> I, I've often wondered this yep. watching this episode. Plot, plot holes again. Yeah. Plot holes again. Yeah. It just takes me right out of it, though, and that's the problem. Um, yeah. While I appreciate what they tried to do with this episode, I watch it and it's sort of like, eh, meh. There's my second meh Ooh, of another the season. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, meh. And for me, it, it's it's a skip it. I just I can't get into this episode anyway. Well, as uh, as Dan pointed out, it's another Ensign Row episode, and you know what that's probably going to mean for me. Yeah, but you would be wrong. I actually gave this one a see it. Out of all the Row episodes, I think this is the one I quote unquote like the most. So I gave it a see it. It's got some fun aspects to it. That whole thing about the floor, though, Bill, now now I'm probably going to have to hate it forever. But So thanks. <laughs> but um, I initially, before we recorded tonight, gave it a see it. <laughs> <laughs> this one was actually borderline for me. Um, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make my mind up. Um, there were a lot of aspects that I just kind of went, oh, really? Man, you know, and the, the floor being one of them. Um, I, I did pick up on that as well. Um, I think ultimately I'm going to fall on the side of see it just because there are, there are some, some aspects to it that, um, that, that you can enjoy. Um, it's a 50, 50 for me though. 
That's fair. Uh, Camp Kittimer was a little more um, praiseful of this episode. Um, I'd say at least 85% of them said that this one was a see it. So clearly one they enjoy and one that I don't, and that's okay. Episode 25, the penultimate, the inner light, a space probe creates a telepathic tether to Picard and causes him to experience in 25 minutes a lifetime as a married man on a world that was destroyed a millennium ago. That's a lot to take in. (laughs) Uh, Dan. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that this is a see it in the strongest sense, you know, simply put in my humble opinion, this is the finest hour in star Trek. Patrick Stewart is absolutely amazing in this role. This is the one that all other episodes always seem to measure up to. And as we talked about, um, in our top 10 TNG, this is my number one. It is my all time favorite TNG episode of them all. Well, um, it's kind of hard to top that, but I'm I'm going to try to at least agree with it. I do think it is a see it. While Dan and I may disagree on the finest hour in Star Trek, I do think if you see only one episode in season five, this is the episode to see. It is one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever put on tape, and it stands head and shoulders above much of the next generation, so it is without a doubt a see it. Would you guys say that this this is probably if you I know you've already indicated Bill that if you were going to watch one episode it would be this but do you think that this is uh, the the perfect description or explanation of Captain Picard? Can you think of a better episode that that epitomizes Picard than this? I, I can't, and I I think that it gives Picard great depth because he takes this experience forward too. This changes him. You know, yep. uh, he he learns a lot from this, and I think you see it downstream in the remaining seasons, and to some extent in the films. Uh, Dan, what about you? I don't think it defines Picard. I think it redefines Picard. Up until this point, he wasn't interested in children. He didn't want children on his ship. He didn't want children on the bridge. He didn't want to have a family. At least that's how he always showed things to us, and I think he really felt that. And it wasn't until this happened to him that that entire thing changed. Um, So I think it redefined Picard as he and we knew him, know him, will know him. (laughs) Did have will <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I have to agree with with both of you. This is a definite see it, and um, for me, I, I think that this is um, Patrick Stewart's probably his finest performance as Picard. Um, I, I don't think you could go past this episode as um, in, in terms of TNG. I don't think there is a better one. So, yeah, it's a definite see it for me. There's a, only... a, a better episode that epitomizes Picard. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. There's only one person in Camp Kittimer who disagrees with us. Other than that, every other respondent said this was a see it hands down. So lots of love for the inner light and deservedly so. And as much as it pains me because it means that we're coming towards the end of the podcast and I've really enjoyed my time today. Uh, episode 26, Time's Arrow Part 1. A 500-year-old artifact is uncovered on Earth. Data's severed head. The Enterprise investigates alien involvement in Earth's past and Data fulfills his destiny. Sorry, Data 
<laughs> I, keep, I keep going with the the, the correct pronunciation of dog. That's okay, Dr. Pulaski. We'll, we'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, we'll allow it this time. D- data. Sorry, data. <laughs> uh, uh, Bill, you're up. You know, this is going to surprise a lot of people, but uh, spoiler alert, I hate Time's Arrow. Um, to me, this story feels like, you know, they were in the writer's room and they thought they needed a cliffhanger for the end of the season. So they came up with this. And it, to me, it's just, it's, it's wholly uninteresting. And I just, I've never enjoyed it, not even when it aired. So when I contrast this to their other cliffhangers, like say, I don't know, little episode called Best of Both Worlds, for me, it's a skip it. Wow. I never thought you could surprise me. However, the deed is done. This is a see it for me, man. There's some interesting aspects to this episode that I really like. Uh, first of all, the, the whole time loop uh, for Data's destruction, it has to happen. It has occurred. It will occur. I think that's really great writing. Um, the whole Guinan in the past thing I thought was interesting. The Mark Twain aspect I liked. I just think also, is there not a cooler cane in the existence of the universe than that snake cane? So I gave it a see it. Yeah, uh, look, for me, it was a, a, a see it, I guess. Um, much like Redemption Part 2, you know, you watch that because it's a, it's the conclusion of Redemption Part 1. Um, I, I think uh, you watch Time's Arrow Part 1 because you know that there's going to be a Part 2. And if you don't mm. watch Part 1, then you kind of miss the start of, you know, the next season. Um, it, 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 it is see it, I guess. It is a bit of a meh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards see it. Four meh. I, yeah. I know he's got more. Two meh. of them were mine though. Yeah, he's got more <laughs> meh than I do. Um, no, I had two meh. You had two meh. Oh, you're talking four cumulative. I got it. Yes, yes, yes. As as people might expect, Camp Kitterber and I disagree on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ninety percent see it. And, uh, I mean, I get it. I mean, the whole cliffhanger thing, I just, I don't buy into the story. And then when they introduce Guinan, I totally come out of it. So, what can I say? Hey, I will say one thing. Marco Limo's in this episode. That's another reason to love it. Goldicott himself playing a card player. Awesome. He is, and so is Jerry Harden as uh, Mark Twain, yeah. which is really kind of great. Yep. So, gents, that uh, is all 26 season five episodes. Mr. Kreger, you'll be very interested to hear you liked 17 of them in the see it column for 65.38 percent and our percentages are actually exactly the same i also chose 17 episodes as see it for 65.38 mr davidson how about you Yes, I think Amy's going to be slightly happier with me uh, than with the two of you gentlemen, although she's not going to be super happy because out of the 26 episodes, I liked 20 of them for a meh 76.92% like rating. See it, 76.92. That's that's just shy of your last season, Dan, by one episode. That's actually pretty good. Right. I think I'm about spot on. Or thereabouts. So, um, nicely yeah, done. I was so, uh, Dan Craiger. Thank you so much for spearing us through this season. 
It was a joy. Uh, it was a joy to have you here. We hope you'll do it again with us someday. Um, where may people stalk you on social media? Uh, when I'm on there, and I'm, I've been quiet lately, I, I, uh, I am on Twitter, Dan Kreger, D-A-N-K-R-E-G-O-R. I'm on Facebook and all the rest of it. Um, and if you are so inclined and you're interested in um, uh, the Microsoft Cloud Stack, go to IPN.TV. That's where our podcast is. If you're interested, I'm going to throw that Excellent. in there. Absolutely, you should, and I'm glad you did. Um I, I catch it infrequently, and uh, because you know I kind of get tied up producing a podcast, I now understand um, all that you go through. <laughs> How much work? <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. lot of work. Yeah, but uh, you do a great job over there, and I thank you for all you've taught me over the years, my friend. No, thank you, guys. This has been it's been a lot of fun. Actually, I've really enjoyed it. So, uh, thank you both for inviting me on. It's our pleasure to have you, man. It was great to meet you finally, so I could thank you, and also. I, I could just listen to you read these descriptions all day long. Your accent's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> Dan, what a blast. It was so great to have Mr. Kreger here. I feel like i got to differentiate between the two of you still. <laughs> but uh, definitely some interesting results for Seattle Skip It. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. It was interesting to me, that, and we talked about it when we were uh, going through Seattle Skip It. It seemed that a lot of the Skippets were kind of bulked in the center of the season. The beginning was pretty good. The end was pretty good. And there were some what-ifs in the middle there. Very, very interesting stuff. I agree with you, although I do think now I may have to go out and register the domain amynelsonhatesme.com because <laughs> um, this is two seasons in a row. I haven't, uh, I haven't, I'm sure, been up to her level of, of fandom, and I'm sure I will get an earful. I'm sure you're going to get an earful, but I'm also going to give you a fair warning. If that's the case for this season and last season, you just wait till season seven, I kind of think. <laughs> Uh, my early prediction is that season seven might be lower than season one, but I haven't I haven't charted it yet, so I don't know. Oh, oh, I've um, yeah. I'm not going to be there when when you two were in the same room that day. <laughs> uh, I'm going to invest in like some some body armor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will say, in in addition to having a great discussion with Dan and getting to quote unquote meet him for the first time, don't you just love the time that we're living in, man? We were talking to a guy who was on the other side of the planet and having a great conversation, and that always blows my mind that we can do that. Talking to somebody from down under, as you said earlier, um, is just an incredible thing. I love technology. I love I love what we're what we're doing today. It's great, fun stuff. You know, it, it truly is amazing. I haven't seen Dan physically in, in several years now. Last time my wife and I met up with him in Las Vegas while we were there on vacation. And yeah, we got together and had a couple of meals together. It was such a great time. But he's a wonderful guy. And unfortunately, he won my fantasy football league last year. So now he must be vanquished. Wow. Okay. Well, if yeah. he, was he playing against you as well as others? Uh, me yeah. the people. I'm not yeah. surprised he won. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, moving on. Dan, <laughs> um, 
You're a horrible person, and we would continue to be horrible people if we didn't thank Five Year Mission for all the music they let us use each and every week on Trek Geeks. It just sounds so fantastic to hear every single week. I listen to them all the time. You listen to them all the time. We want everyone to listen to them all the time. That's not a joke. Uh, head on over to fiveyearmission.net. Score yourself some great tunes. Become a huge fan like like Dan is, like I am. We guarantee it'll make your life better. It, it, it certainly will make it better. You know, they've got so many albums out there already. Year one, two, and three. Uh, Spock's Brain, The Trouble with Tribbles, and... Coming soon to a headset near you, year four. They've been giving us some teases. Uh, it's right around the corner, and we are very, very excited. But uh, as always, you know, a, a podcast of Trek Geeks cannot go by without me talking about a special episode that I watch because I take the time to watch a special episode every single week, and this week is no different. You know, it was, the, yeah, it was the classic season five episode, Darmok. We talked about it just a little while ago. You know, some people may call it Farkmok, and I'm not going to, you know, say that's good one way or the other. But uh, it's an amazing story, Bill, of how two different people must come together and help each other without really even know how to speak to each other. But in the end, as you know, there was tragedy. Captain Dathan fell, just as Picard realized that their unique form of communication was something he could understand. There will always be struggles, but we will always remember it simply as... Picard and Dathan at El Drell. Oh my! Hmm. That that was a whole lot of setup, no, man. It was. I had to <laughs> had to get people ready because I was sure there was going to be a big disappointment at the end. But oh, and you delivered that, so <laughs> they're never going to stop, man. As yeah. as bad as they are, it's it's kind of like watching a bad movie. You just have to keep going and keep watching it. No, no, you really don't. <laughs> no. You know, it's kind of funny the way you describe um, Darmok is almost the same way someone described this podcast. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so yes, uh, fiveyearmission.net, please. Go get all their stuff before year four comes out. You will thank us. Dan, we also want to thank Aaron Harvey from Trek FM. He, cr- he who created the amazing Delta that you see on uh, on the album cover of this podcast when you download it. It's just such a beautiful piece of work, and Aaron's got two great podcasts that he's part of over on Trek FM, Um, Saturday Morning Trek, which covers Trek in the 1970s, and also The Edge, their dedicated Star Trek Discovery podcast. So uh, head on over to Trek FM and check out Aaron's work. He's also online and Twitter at at GeekFilter. So please show him some love and support. Dan, next week... Uh, we're going to go on a much more serious note than usual with the Trek Geeks podcast, and um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, you and I have had a lot of discussions uh, on this subject uh, over the last two years, um, and we feel that it's time uh, to tell my story. So next week, as I am actually uh, off to Disney, the podcast is going to talk about the episode that literally saved my life and how it saved my life. It's going to be Deep Space Nine's Captive Pursuit. And I got to admit, it's going to be a tough conversation. Uh, but at the same time, we're both looking forward to sharing it with everyone uh, because it is a very, very important part of my life and your life, as a matter of fact. So uh, that's next week. That's very true. And Dan, as a programming note for parents, as a heads up, we will have a parental advisory at the top of next week's podcast and again at the beginning of the discussion. For those of you parents out there that may want to listen in the company of your children normally, 
this is a serious topic and we certainly don't want you to be caught off guard. So that's uh, next week. Dan, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the Tricorder Transmissions online at thetricordertransmissions.com. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Treks, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 113 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. Seize the day, Maribor. Make the coconut most precious. Coconuts will never come again. Okay. recorded this early in quite a while sir um i blame you yes i'm drinking coffee instead of alcohol maybe i should put some alcohol in my coffee what i want to know why you became a quitter because i'm drinking booze oh, yeah i doubt that you haven't drank booze during the nightly recordings in like a month <laughs> probably more actually and there's a plane going overhead oh hi wave to everybody i'll be on a plane in a week I hate you. <laughs> Very excited. You know what else is exciting? Right now, this is my last weekend statement run ever. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> so yeah, so I got that going for me, which is nice. How do you really feel about that? I'm feeling not too bad. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, I'm not gonna lie. Don't lie. Oprah hates it when no you- word of a lie, as my brother-in-law likes to say all the time. What does he say? No word of a lie. What? What is wrong with him? When he really wants to get a point across, he'll be like, "You know, I got to tell you this. No word of a lie. Bill Smith is a big jerk." And so then you know that it's really true. So yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> I don't think he says. I think he likes me better than you. I'm probably guessing you could be right about that. <laughs> okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a hard time right now here on this here podcast just because I can because he doesn't listen to it. We play Warcraft, and it's just the family when we play. It's just Sue and I and my sister and him and my nephew, and we just go run dungeons just for the fun of it. He's not a very good healer, so if there's anybody out there playing Warcraft and you ever need a healer, don't pick Chris. Four 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 four. I'll just leave it at that. Do you want an explanation for that? I really don't. <laughs> it's Warcraft okay. and I just tuned out. Wow. Okay. I see how what? it is. You say I don't something? tune out when you talk about your stupid stuff. I don't have any stupid stuff. I have Star Trek and I have my dog and my wife. Not in that order. Okay. Nothing out of my stuff is stupid. All right. I'm not saying yours is. I just, uh, eh, whatever. Lead up. Ha, 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 ha.
I'm of the the opinion now that Boz Gags is is taunting me ever since we did that because <laughs> he pops up on my, on my XM radio so much more now. I want to thank you very much for bringing me to that yacht channel because I love it. <laughs> oh, yacht rock! Yes. Oh, it's fantastic! It's like it's our childhood. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I never use XM anymore because I'm either listening to see what's going on with sports, which is very not often, or now I'm you know listening to Mission Log or Us or Trek Ranks. So I'm, I'm doing all that on my phone and my car driving to work. Yeah, I found that channel when you told me about it, so I'm listening to a lot of music now, <laughs> and it's pretty right. cool. Yeah. They're gonna. Oh, I got an idea, dude. Brainstorm right now. I like that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call Mr. Serious or Mr. XM. I'm not sure which one runs the place now. Five Year Mission Channel, Channel One Seven O One. Ah, fireworks. I, I love the idea. <laughs> I don't think they have seventeen hundred and one channels. That's the thing that you're going to give me a hard time about? I'm not giving you a hard time at all. I'm just thinking you may need to you know, rein in your expectation. Maybe channel 326. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah, I would like that. Uh, 12, uh, let's see, 1031. Yes, you three digits, yeah. 1031 would be too many, yeah, so okay. Yeah. 01 is taken. Uh, yep. We'll figure something out, but that'd be a good channel. I'd be up for that. That was just a quick test of the the intro bumper for Discovering Trek, because we use that in Trek Geeks between segments, or at least we used to. I love that segment. It doesn't quite quite get high enough or loud enough, so we'll probably still have to edit that in afterwards. Okay. I like that. I mean, you can still talk over it here, but we want it you know, when the, the rest of the instruments come in to get a little louder, and right. then we can't do that here. So Captain Lorca died tonight. Oh my God, can you believe it? We're going to talk about that next on Discovering Trek, your independent Star Trek Discovery companion podcast. No, drop independent. Oh, we're going to drop. That's right. You told me that the other day. I've said it so many times. It's in my brain now. Drop independent and drop podcast. Star Trek Discovery companion. companion. I like that. It takes less time for me to say it so I don't have to think as much because I'm not very smart. Plus, people know they're downloading a podcast. Really? All right. Well, you say it on this one. I do when I describe the podcast. No, and I talk about we have a new podcast coming. I, I, I agree. But even at the fansets party, I referred to it as a Star Trek Discovery companion. One of these days, I'm going to be as smart as you and as good looking as you. And gosh darn it, people will like me. That ain't fucking no. <laughs> Wow. Woo. Beep. Uh, okay. I see. <laughs> All right, jerk face. You ready to do this? Ready. All right. Do it. I need coffee. I've got some maple coffee from Parker's Maple House. <laughs> that sounds about as horrible as coconut coffee. No. Oh. You don't like maple? Not in my coffee. Oh, it's, I like oh, it really in one place, and that's on pancakes. That's awesome. I love it. It's great. Oh, I've got an idea now. 
maple coconut coffee. Oh, boy. I'm going to mute you forever. (laughs) 